What's up, everybody? Welcome to It's In Season, the anime podcast that is watching 91 Days and Taboo Tattoo during the summer 2016 anime season. I'm David Majors, my co-host, one of them coming to us from Kent State University by way of somewhere in the general area of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Young Codeferous, Mr. Cody Anderson. What's up, Cody? Look at that. I get the first in- introduction this time. I'm moving up in the world. The summer Cody is continuing. I'm all about this right now. God, the insecurity with you guys is ridiculous. My other co-host, my longtime co-host, my original tag team partner, my brother from another mother, who is alive and kicking and well, Mr. Richard Waters. What's up, Richard? Well, you're half right, and uh, to answer a question that a lot of people have been giving me, the thug life, it chose me. But what about the hug life? That's the real question. I don't think I can get away with that, because, you know, I'm a dude, I can't and wear a free hug shirt, and I think even if I wear a certain blue, purple, I don't know what the exact color is, shirt, people would still think it's a little off. You could wear it, but... I- I won't prevent you from being judged. I can I'm sure you. I cannot give. That's what she said. <laughs> Let's just, and we're not going to talk about taboo tattoo first. By the way, after that joke, we're not. We're going to talk about ninety-one days first because, well, I'm just enjoying this show way too much to ignore it. Uh, ninety-one days, uh, guys. I'm still enjoying the hell out of this show. Uh, and we're just going to jump in with episode five. Now, since both of you were gone for the last episode, big shout out and thanks to Mark Huber, the anime spam bot. Uh, how are you feeling now that we're, we're all caught up and in, into episodes five and six? Cody, uh, you missed the last episode. How are you feeling now that we're all caught up and back together? Anime can be great. Anime can be great. Ninety-one days is pretty great. Actually, it's very hard to find something I don't like about this show, and I can't stop wanting to watch the next episode every week. I have to prevent myself from doing it just to save it for this show, but it's it's becoming harder to do so. All right, now Richard, uh, you also missed. Uh, last week's episode, uh, and for whatever reason, uh, we all thought you had disappeared off the face <laughs> of the earth. For God's sakes, don't do that. You you had the mods at the wrestling forum we go to sending me private messages. Hey, have you seen Ness? H- have you seen him? Have you heard from him? For God's sakes, man, don't don't do that. Jeez, but I even seriously. saw you on a milk carton too. Seriously. But seriously, uh, what did, what have you thought about 91 Days so far? Well, it's good to know if I ever go into witness protection or I follow Jesse Ventura's advice and go off the grid that at least someone or a couple people will be looking for me. And uh, I can't exactly say that I'm in full agreement with you guys. 91 Days, I like it, but I'm not in love with it. Of the two, I definitely prefer Taboo Tat 2, but 91 Days, it's still a pretty good show, even if it's a little uh, a little dark and outside of one certain character, uh, devoid of all humor. 
But, you know, it's good. And uh, it's also good to know that if I take Cody out with me and we go underground to start our own underground podcast, that It's in Season will still continue on with David and his uh, co-host of the week. So I, I'm proud of what we've accomplished and what we can do in the future. It will not die. Well, Richard, it, if you haven't figured it out by now, uh, over the last, what, seven, eight years, I'm never letting you go, honey. I'm never letting you go. We're going to be doing podcasts together forever and ever and ever and ever. Will the fans ever get tired of it is what I'm wondering. Or is it or is it a case of we just want it more and more, just maybe not every every day? Well, I guess we'll is just have to find out. I think we're more Owens and uh, Sami Zayn than we are uh, Orton and Cena. Hopefully. Which means well, you is- and I, Richard Waters, Ness and DJM, we truly are destined to do this forever. So let's just jump in. Episode 5 of 91 Days. Episode 5 was titled, Blood Will Have Blood. Avilio and Nero shake off the Orko family's assassin and continue to lie low until Nero's regular call to Bar- Barbaro reveals a new development in the conflict. Orko wants peace with the Venetti family. Still, Barbaro suggests that it might not be best for Nero to return to Lawless immediately, and tells Nero and Avilio to meet him at the Lodge in two days. Now, just for context, for the folks at home, the Lodge is the place where the Venetti family, Brother Nero, uh, makes their alcohol. Again, this show, 91 Days, takes place during the Prohibition Era, and this being a mafia family, not unlike Chuck Taylor in old-time wrestling, they have access to the hooch. And they're meeting up at the Lodge. This episode started off with Brother Nero popping the question to Avilio, asking him to join the Vanetti Mafia family. What will he do, boys? What will he do? Richard, episode 5 of 91 Days. Uh, we're jumping in. We see them in the car. They've escaped Big Mexico. And uh, how are you feeling so far? Well, as far as episode 5 goes, it seems that we're finally getting to the nitty-gritty of what I expect in this type of show when dealing with families. We're in hashtag faction warfare. So, uh... Yeah, they survived a couple. They survived an assassination attempt. They failed at their previous assassination attempt. But Brother Nero and our boy that's after revenge, well, there's a lot of underhanded and side deals going on. Orko, he wants a truce with the Venetti family, on the surface, anyways. And uh, they seem to be, uh, you know, receptive of that, except Brother Nero. He's wise to the game, at, at least going in. He notices that, like you and I, and I'm sure Cody, we recognize that in wrestling, we know who the referees are. And Nero, he's the same way. He knows who the guards are. He realizes that, you know what? I don't know these guys. So uh, that's when they decide to flee because 
it was it was a setup. Nero's life is actually what they want. That's the bargaining chip. So they get out of there, and that's when they make a deal with the devil himself. They need protection because they can't go up against the entire Oracle family on their own. So that's when David's favorite character, Mr. Fango himself, they make a deal with him for protection. He just wants one thing. Don Orko. So Orko wants a truce, but he wants it at expense of Nero's life. Nero is putting his life in Fango's hands, as wise as that is. All he has to do is give him Don Orko. It's, it's an impossible task. It's like you have a D in chemistry, and you've been failing all your tests. All you have to do is get a 98 or above on the final, and you'll pass. But if you haven't done it at this point, how are you ever going to do it? I guess we'll find out in uh, episode six. And I just want to say something. The episode titles of each one have said, uh, for instance, episode one, day one. Episode five, day five. I seriously hope this is not a 91 episode series, for our sake anyways. Well, I hope it ends so we can talk about how it starts and finishes uh, on the podcast. I mean, this might be the show that uh, in the case of ReZero, I, I occasionally talk about picking it up again, but in the case of 91 Days, if it does last 91 days, I will be watching it. Cody, uh, uh, are, are you feeling like you could continue watching this show uh, with episode oh, of five? Of course. Even when this show isn't being too eventful, there is always something going on to keep your interest. And this week was plot-heavy but that's not a problem to me. It was very enjoyable all around. But as I've said before, um, it's hard to tell if you know Velio is in the right or wrong here. But what's becoming increasingly clear is the show is a lot like the color pal- palette. There's a lot of gray. Everyone's violent in the gray. They're all struggling to deal with the themes of loyalty, survival, uh, vengeance. And that's supposed to be our, the point. Our main characters said revenge is the only reason to live. But there's a difference in him... There's a difference in him becoming closer to Brother Nero. In the end, I don't know if he'll be able to go through with this plan. And that's something I want to see eventually. But also, everyone seems to understand the roles and each of the plot and subplots. And we get to see the real progression made. And I don't know if I really have seen that too much in ReZero as I've continued that, actually. But, you know, as Nero begins to let his defenses down, we, the audience, will watch... Avelio come one step closer to vengeance, but possibly see that future struggle. But to me, this episode was truly juicy when it came down to the three families. Yeah, there's obviously the internal struggle with the two local families. There's the battle of Orko and Fango, and now we witness Farte trying to take on his brother Nero. You can actually call him Broken Farte now. Everyone seems to be fighting a war on all sides, and as the audience, we know that things are about to get messy. You know, we also know that some serpents are lying in wait, ready to strike. In this episode, the more Fongo, the better at this point. I really think Fongo absolutely killed it in episode six, what we'll talk about in a second. What I'm really appreciating about episode five is that we are seeing Avilio, even though he had multiple opportunities to kill Brother Nero. He is taking a long and slow approach, 
and that is something that is very reminiscent of a classic revenge tale. Uh, I don't know if you guys played a game called Sleeping Dogs, where the main character was an undercover cop in the in one of the Hong Kong triad syndicates, but he played a long, slow game to get as deep into the family as he could before he broke the system down. And what Avilio is doing right now is so interesting to me because he had multiple opportunities uh, in previous episodes as well as this one to kill Nero, and he isn't. That's really interesting. And he's gaining Nero's trust, so much trust that he invited Avilio to meet Don Vanetti, the godfather, if you will. And now we're seeing the Orcos playing their own game with the Galassia family, who I think were kind of forgotten, but I feel like it's good to start seeing them play a bigger role. Uh, This episode, episode five, was not as action-packed as the previous ones, but Cody, like you said... This has a positive side to it because it did a good job of progressing the story and bringing in some characters. And what I really like about this show, both of the shows that we're talking about this season, is that when the action does happen and the violence does happen, it matters. And when big things come in the next episode, it does matter. Uh, Richard, uh I think that this episode was a good storytelling episode, as it were. It it had a lot of good booking. It it really put all of the pieces in place. What do you think? I guess I have to agree because uh, they've been been doing this little thing throughout the series so far, which has basically been our only exposure to Don Orko, is that he's a fat slob who loves good lasagna. And his complaint is there's not enough butter or too much butter, and he goes through chefs rather quickly. And this episode, he finally manages to get the perfect lasagna. So uh, in episode five, Nero, Nero and our hero are making a deal with, with Fongo in order to get to Don Orco. So they have one task, one goal, kill the slob. You could wait the long haul and just wait for that heart attack, but they they want to get their hands dirty. So what they do is they meet up with Don Orco and they offer him something that that he can't refuse. Their winery, just in exchange for some cover. But that's when all hell breaks loose and they are ambushed. Our hero, and this this actually caught me by surprise. He takes it out on Brother Nero and he is deleted. And they they told Oh, you Don said Orko. it. I wanted to say it. Damn it. Well, Orko is actually impressed that he actually did the deed, and he and they toast with some booze because that's the thing to do. But then Orko gets a little lightheaded, and he realized, uh oh, it's drugged, and that's where they swerved us. Nero is is not actually deleted. He actually backed up all his save files. So he's back with us. It was all a ruse just to get to Don Orco. And this is where Fongo truly shines through. And he meets with Orco's associates, and he offers them lasagna. This is ep- Sorry, this is episode six, by the way, everybody. Episode six to slaughter a pig. Yes. 
And he offers some lasagna and he forces it. And that's when I think if you were been paying attention throughout this, or at least you know about this sort of thing, you could kind of expect where the ending was coming from. And uh, yeah, especially if you uh, recently watched season two of Gotham on Fox. But yeah, Orko, he finally got the right measure of butter and whatever other ingredients are in lasagna. And uh, yeah, so Orko is uh, the master of lasagna. He finally got his perfect dish. Unfortunately, I don't think he uh, got to savor it quite this much. And yeah, Fongo is uh, he's an eccentric character. I guess you could say he's the the breakout guy from this show because yeah, he's he's the guy and he's a master chef and I don't know what he can't do. He's an assassin. He's a cook. He can he can do it I, all. I would say Fongo right now is the only character on the show that has really shown some upward mobility. He kind of started out as just kind of like a an enforcer, and now he's running the family, which is so awesome. Isn't it great to see a character that you can really enjoy and really entertain you move up to the top spot? Isn't that great? Uh, Cody... Episode six to slaughter a pig. Oh, how are you feeling about this one? Wow, what an episode that was! It was a lot to take in, as there was something going. There was something going on from the beginning to the very lasagna-filled end. What we learned is loyalty is never gained, in, uh, never gained. Families fracture in unexpected places. You know, in a simpler story, it's easy to assume that there's a protagonist. That has an enemy, and he must prevail against them. And again, instead, 91 Days gives us an anti-hero who may or not be slowly becoming a hero and shifting with a shifting wall of enemies and friends. Have we seen with Fongo now somehow becoming an ally, something you wouldn't expect a few episodes ago? But the show is at its best when it's both suspenseful and full of surprises. And, you know, the writers do a very excellent job of setting up the suspense as sort of like a ticking time bomb. In a way, you know, something is going to happen, but and you're still on the edge of the sea. Like, while you know there's something going to happen, there's also wondering at the same time, are there other surprises? What's going to happen? It's a, it's a fun ride. And, you know, as we in the audience serve as the active participant in 91 days, it's a lot of fun to say while we're trying to guess the next move. I feel as, you know, our relationship with the characters grow out of empathy with the characters because what I mean by that is that what they are you feel what they are experienced in that moment like they're always on the tip of their toes in this mob world and you kind of feel that way too but you know the now long running joke of Don Orko and the lasagna it's something we've watched him since his he was first introduced but what a gruesome poetic justice of a man who kills cooks for messing up his imperfect lasagna and the idea of him being cooked into one and his associates unwillingly eating it is perfect that's another reason to love fongo in this situation but just like richard i wasn't here for the last assignment you know i was away in japan honing my craft obviously i don't know where he was but the one thing i'm starting to notice besides the central plot with avilio is that there's a running theme of the past and the future and by that i mean with the changing generations of the family. You know how Fongo family, f- 
Fronte is now running the Venetis, as we learned. And there's even a good metaphor in this episode. It was uh, actually when they were meeting with Don Orco and uh, Brother Nero dumped out his whiskey. That was the aged whiskey and talking about how uh, Nero loved the new modern three weeks type of drink. It's a fun narrative to actually tackle on this type of show because it's, it's really character driven. Cody, I just want to say yeah. I'm really glad you caught on to that one because I did too. It, yeah. was, it was a great piece of symbolism showing the mafia families moving on to mm-hmm. the next generation. Really, really good stuff. Really good storytelling here. Well, uh, this show I, I want to throw little things. It really is. I, I want to throw one at both of you guys. Uh, and Richard, I'll let you answer this one first. When Avilio was tied up uh, and he was uh, being watched outside while Brother Nero went into the lodge and offered Don Orco the hooch, Avilio confessed the truth. He told him that he was the son of the Lagusa family and he was out for revenge. Why do you think he told Don Orco that story? You know, I, I assume, and at least at the time, that that was just to get in on his good graces so he could actually kind of trust trust him since they knew the ambush was going to happen all along. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you could trust anyone whether you're on the same family or not, because, you know, despite the whole, you know, I guess the the honor among thieves and their whole, you know, sort of Catholic thing with the Lord, where they have this this weird sort of respect, I just, they're, at the end of the day, they're all criminals, so I, I, I don't know. But there, that, there is a code of honor, I suppose. They're trying to earn There's a living. They're honor. not criminals. There's a code of honor. There's Cody, of same honor. question. <laughs> Same question, Cody. Uh, Avilio told Don Orco his his story. Why do you think he did that? I think it does have to do with trust to a bit, to gain a little bit of sympathy from him. And also, what if his plan does not happen, the whole ambush? Uh, Don Orco could have sent Nero and the other member into there just to kill him. It could have been a backup plan in case that one went wrong so he can continue gaining ground to gain revenge. All right. Um, another one that I, I really enjoyed during this scene uh, was when they were well. No, we we already talked about Don Orco and Brother Nero, so that was one other thing I had in my notes. But I, I just need to say once again when Brother Nero nearly got deleted, <laughs> it was really exciting because. It was, dare I say, almost Game of Thrones-like, where for an instant, a split moment, a main character in a series died. And that was huge. That was that was like almost something miraculous, something that you would never expect to see in maybe years and years, but then it finally happens right in front of you, and you're like, oh my god! But it didn't happen. It was a swerve. It was a brilliant swerve, but it was a swerve. Also, can have I expressed once again how much I love Fongo? <laughs> can I just say that again? 
the way that he got Don Orko and Don Orko's associates, and instead of trying to be a more gentlemanly head of a family, he stays himself. He has his his lovely lady serve them the lasagna because he knew that was his thing. And then the the surprise at the end, that was just amazing. It was glorious. I, I love this character. I, I truly love this character a great deal. But Cody, you told me that with Taboo Tattoo coming up, there was a character that I was really going to like. So let's just jump in to Taboo Tattoo. Uh, episode 5 was called Rescue. After her friend Lisa is captured by Ill and Laka, Izzy, bluesy Fluzy works with the U.S. Army on a mission to take her back. Justice, our main character, had been held in Blue Moon's hideout for safekeeping, but is unable to remain silent when an ally is in danger and rushes to the scene. The second round of battles to rescue Lisa begins. Izzy versus Laka and Justice versus Ill. Once again, Taboo Tattoo wastes no time. Boom! Action! Right there. And... Justice is fighting ill, and he's clearly outmatched until Thompson comes in over the radio and gives him a tip. And he says, close your eyes. Ill is essentially Schrodinger's cat. And without an observer, there's no power. Except Toko was there. And Cody... Uh, I, I think at the beginning, you and I had a differing opinion on Togo. I, I believe the the name you called her was, um, what was it? Tits McGee? Uh, I, I've got to say. Yeah, that was Richard. I, I've got to say. Oh, that was, that was you, Richard. Richard. Okay. Um, Richard, I got to say, with how episode five turned out, uh, I, I think Toko is, I, I'm warming up to her and not in that way. If you're thinking that, I, I really think she's she's showing us some pretty strong character traits. She was willing to help Justice in the first battle. Uh, she was willing to fight the princess in a very intense game of ping pong that had a little too much fan service. But overall, I think I think I'm kind of coming around on her. I, I was kind of in her favor in the beginning, but but she's she's showing something. Uh, episode five. Uh, how are you feeling about this one? Well, you know, at first when the character was introduced and the, the first few episodes that we saw her, I actually wasn't too in, too enthusiastic about her in the show. I thought I saw her as just that. The cliche sort of childhood friend who doesn't really show an interest until another girl comes into the picture. So I was, so I was kind of groaning and rolling my eyes at that. But this episode actually sort of changed things because I thought she was just going to be the typical get in the way and be saved by justice, sort of a Orhime type of character. But things changed for this one because when Justice or Seiji was battling ill, the the girl with the giant blade, he wasn't doing too well throughout the battle despite the hot tip on the inside. And that's when his childhood friend, she decided to – because she has a tattoo on her forehead as well. 
And she decided to, you know, interject herself and say, hey, hands off my man. I like this a lot because it reminded me of a certain scene in Batman versus Superman where uh, Batman blocked the punch from Superman and it'll just have the same look that Clark has. Like, this is not supposed to happen. And yeah, this episode was nothing but battle, battle, battle between Seiji and Ill and Izzy and the and the other guy. And you know, I really enjoyed this this episode just because it was balls to the wall action and we are treated with the princess of the kingdom. She arrives and she does some stuff. She faces off against Seiji's uh, childhood friend. We won't get into too big of a detail, but this series could have been over in episode five because of the childhood friend. Had she won that ping pong match, uh, the kingdom was supposed to just uh, slither off and this disband itself, kind of like they did in uh, the wrestling world. But that wasn't the case. And Cody, I hope you've learned your lesson from ReZero in the previous season. You should you should have this uh, in your mind outright i know i certainly do but when the show is over just watch it until the very end because there was a post-credit scene that takes place at the end of episode five that leads us into episode six where uh despite surviving the two battles seiji is uh sort of kind of kidnapped by uh by someone someone that uh the lieutenant izzy actually knows and she kind of freaks out about it so uh we'll have to wait and see what that does in episode six but episode five is uh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of battles swords guns bras it's all there you see richard an anime can have some decent female characters see it can happen even a show as whacked out as this one can have some moments where a female character you don't expect to be good has some pretty good moments. Cody, episode five of this this fascinating show, Taboo Tattoo. What did you think? You know, Taboo Tattoo is a show that I have a, hub, a love-hate relationship with, but the first two, 12 minutes of this show were fantastic. The action was well choreographed. I couldn't stop looking away. And, you know, during the fight with the Schroeder's cat, the tattoo power is based on, you know, whether or not she's being observed, as you mentioned. This may be one of the oddest use I've seen in Schroeder's cat, but I guess not every anime can be space dandy. But once again, I'm going to say I, I love Se- Segi as a main character. His internal battle of what is justice was the highlight of the episode for me. You could say his views are, of justice are like Batman does. But he doesn't want to kill, and that's not an option for him. He knows that that's not the option. However, he really isn't sure what the right option is. This will be a struggle for him throughout the show, and I'm excited to see his process. You know, later in the episode, one has to question whether the kingdom is truly the bad guys, or is the United States the villains. And another thing I love about Tattoo Tattoo is the building mythology behind the tattoos. We are learning more and more about them. And what they are and the overall history of them. The mythology is a reason why I love the X-Files so much. And I have zero complaints with this. All right. I will say... But one more thing. Oh, sorry. It went, Go ahead. it went downhill after the first 12 minutes for me. I like to pretend some of that never happened. And I did see I'm, the final ending. 
because I'm I love inclined, the theme music of the show. I will say I'm inclined to agree with you about the second <laughs> act of this episode. Yeah. yeah, the the ping pong on paper looked like it would be kind of a a very serious, a very Yu-Gi-Oh-esque kind of moment, which would have been pretty entertaining for me. But then this went off into fan service land, which is really what gave me a great deal of pause with Taboo Tattoo, because all too often, this show has a sudden drastic change in tone and it's just it's very difficult to to keep up with and there's still enough good in here for me to say that it's still pretty fun also at the end of the episode i i felt like tom became me with this show where he was pointing out how many anime tropes were all over this episode when they were inside of justice's house and he pointed this out, given the fact that he's in a show that is filled with all sorts of anime tropes. And it was very, it was very self-referential and kind of inception-y. And I appreciated that, because I like meta-humor. Episode 6, entitled Reunion. And Cody, you said that I would be interested in one character in particular. Now, was I wrong? Watch, watching this episode, I actually found myself liking a couple of characters. Uh, there was one who was the focal point of this episode, BB, and then there was the mad scientist that he fought with in the early part, Mr. Genius. Now, I will say that all of them were pretty great. And furthermore, I'll even give a little credit to Cal, uh, the, the princess's vice captain. Uh, I liked her, too. Uh, all of these characters were pretty interesting and planted some seeds. But uh, getting into episode six, Reunion. BB, the mysterious man who suddenly appeared before Justice, takes him to a tattoo research lab run by the kingdom in Japan. His goal is to ruin the facility and set the innocent people in it free. Upon seeing BB's overwhelming power, Justice finds himself thinking that this man is a true hero of justice. Meanwhile, Arya, the princess, has arrived in Japan and pays a visit to the tattoo ruins there in order to proceed with her plan. Cody, I will say I enjoyed BB, the apparent hero of justice, as justice would have you believe. Richard, episode six, uh, what did you think? Well, you know, there was a certain level of dread at the end of episode five because of how freaked out Izzy was uh, getting because blood that's one of the that's the first B had uh, had her had her dude so uh, what we learned is that he is an ex-member of the kingdom and uh, yeah he's actually acting in this episode as sort of a a teacher to justice uh, he goes through uh, you know schools quicker than Goku goes through teachers themselves. First he has Izzy. Now now he has this new BB guy. And yeah, he's just learning all he can because, you know, at the end of the day, it is a shonen show. And despite what the, the two anime snobs will have you believe, I'm really enjoying this show. And 
while episode five, and that's including a uh, minute thirteen through twenty-two, uh, episode five was a lot of action, where uh, you know we had two intense fights and then a ping pong match. This one, while there was some action during the uh, first part where they took on Mr. Genius and uh, all these other guys where they pulled a, a, a page out of Suicide Squad's book where uh, all their heads are at least in their necks or some body part had a bomb inside. So if they were too rough with them, they were all going to blow up. And Justice asked BB, how, how, how do we do – how do we save them? And he says, just do it. So that's that's his form of justice. And BB is – he's a little mysterious. He has that Superman – uh, curl a lot longer than uh, normal, but he has that going for him. And yeah, Cody made a tweet in regards to this episode saying that we'd get a kick out of one of the characters. And like David, I my initial thought was Mr. Genius, but there was a few characters in here that I started to think like, is this who he's talking about? So yeah, episode six, it's setting things up and there's a lot of tattoo business Despite the fact that I don't like tattoos in real life personally, but in, if they have magical powers, I may be more willing to give them a shot. So yeah, the plot keeps on uh, going, and I don't think there was too much um, boob grabbing in episode six, but I could be wrong. Cody, would you get a tattoo in real life if you haven't already? Well, I have several already. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, well, what did you think of this episode of, of Taboo Tattoo? Um, let's just say I thought this episode was so much better than and, the last episode. Quit, quit. Whoever's doing that in the background, quit it. Oh, it's irritating me so much. I've even moved rooms. But yes, uh, let's just say this episode was so much better than the last one for me, even with the Yuri scenes thrown in. It felt as they're finally reaching their potential character wise with seggy and izzy she's even getting back on my good side once again maybe the show will finally listen to me so i'll like it a little bit more but black blood blackstone bb that is my biggest takeaway from the episode and one episode he became my favorite character in taboo tattoo he's cool he's wise and he's tough he also looks a little bit like neo from the matrix what more could you ask for and at the end of the episode you really didn't know what he was going to be like as a character in the previous one, but by the end, you see he's now like a mentor to Siggy. He is showing our main hero what justice truly is in the process of how to make the decision. There's all, there's, when you try to breed your own justice, there's always going to be something that's not beneficial. But it's good to see that... This is continuing with his internal struggle, as we witnessed in the last episode. And we'll, we learn more about the, I guess, four triggerless tattoos, and BB is one of them. But for me, there's one problem I have with Taboo Tattoo. That's, it's not even the fan service part. Uh, I spent time talking about the last... Uh, when the last time we were together. Uh, so I'm not going to complain about that anymore. But the problem with the show is the pacing for me. Just like the last two episodes we watched this week, the previously, the previous one went from your typical action show to an awful, full-fledged comedy. 
And as much as I love BB, they're throwing some random characters out there without fleshing out ones we've had. And moments in relationships to me are beginning to feel forced as they're trying to rush through the material. I don't know how long this show is going to be, but they feel like at some point they're kind of rushing it. But I still like the show. I'm like Richard's 91 Days. I like it. I just don't love it. I'm in the same place as you, Cody. My big issue with the show, beyond just the fan service, is the way that the show can go in one direction and then go completely in the opposite direction just on a dime. Uh, With episode six in particular, after all of the action and everything else, Justice was in the temple uh, lying on the floor after working out, and then... Toko just kind of mounts him for whatever reason, and it becomes all teen rom-com etchy fanservice-y anime, which really is just way out of place. I'm guessing that's probably going to be a trademark of this show, and if it is, I'm not looking forward to it. Richard... So far, now that we've covered episodes 5 and 6, how are you feeling about Taboo Tattoo? Uh, Taboo Tattoo is a show that I don't think it was on my radar as as far as the my three picks and then what I was planning on checking out for this season. But after the initial episode that I watched after uh, you picked it as one of yours and one of ours, I decided, you know what, I could really get into this and I'd probably watch it uh, – on my own, even if we didn't pick it after that first episode. So I'm really enjoying it. And I didn't really, you know, think about it at the time that I'm watching these episodes. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but the fact that you guys have pointed out that it does kind of just change things just randomly where they're fighting uh, this evil organization, which is pretty typical of an anime show. And then just out of nowhere, just just this weird uh, fan service thing where the the big bad is uh, molesting the childhood friend and things like that. So I guess I don't mind that as much as, you know, when you finally have the answers, Taboo Tattoo changes the questions. But it, it is a little uh, just random from being random sake. It's just it's it's sort of out of place and changes things. I do have to admit that now that uh, you guys have brought it to my attention. But of the two shows, I'm probably enjoying it a little more. And maybe there's some sort of a sick pleasure I'm getting out of Shades of Prison School or the fact that you guys are just cringing at it's like, damn it, not again, seeing uh, certain scenes. So maybe, maybe that just because I know that you guys are anime snobs. Well, it's not nearly as bad as prison school. Not yet, anyway, because there is at least something that is interesting going on, and the characters are actually likable and redeemable overall. Uh, That's two of the big differences from prison school. Uh, I I don't know how Cody feels about that, but I I feel like Taboo Tattoo is still going to be pretty enjoyable. Cody? Oh, yeah, the action is well worth it. The overall story seems pretty enjoyable. Like, the characters have moments where they irritate me so much. But as I mentioned earlier, like, Izzy, she's back on my good side. And I, like you, I think I tweeted recently that I like Toka as a character. 
she's not entirely useless like I thought she was going to be. But and, as you mentioned, and I'm, we're talking about earlier. I'm glad. I wish they. I'm glad you guys fix. have come around on her. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you guys have oh, come yeah. around on her. Yeah, she's actually useful now with her copy tattoo as well. So should we call her Mrs. Big Boobs McGee from now on? Give her show her some respect. Yeah, some sort How, of honorific there. What what would that be? What would that be? Uh, I don't maybe Opai Sama. Opai Sama. We could do that. We or we could just not call her Big Boobs McGee. That that could be something. She'll use so, those monsters. Respect into you. Toko it is. Toko it is. So, hooray for Toko, hooray for Taboo Tattoo, and big hooray for 91 days. For most of us, anyway. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening to the newest episode of It's In Season. Uh, if you can, like, subscribe, and if you can, if you're in iTunes or Stitcher or any of those other places, hey... Give us the old five stars. That would really help us out. Get a few more eyes on the podcast. Get a few more eyes on DeltaJuliaMike.com. Get a few more eyes on some of Richards' fanfic writing. That, that would help us all. So uh, go ahead and head on into iTunes and, and give us a little bit of the five stars. Uh, if you're enjoying this, uh, thank you again. You can check everything we do at DeltaJuliaMike.com. And hey, one more thing, patreon.com slash Mike. No big deal. For Richard Waters and Cody Anderson, I'm David Majors. Thank you for listening to It's In Season. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about the next few episodes of our animes this summer.